Welcome to the Bloco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisen, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. And Jackson, working the board. We're always never sure. Is it Jackson? Is it Nikki? It's anything, but, of many it's names. anything but Edgar. <laughs> but it is always an awesome job. So, so uh, thanks for joining us for this month. So a couple topics. Uh, uh, we've got a work from home survey that we want to walk through. And then, uh, and then we'll kick it over to Jason for some open enrollment tips. Since open enrollments, you know, some people are in it right now. If not, a majority of, uh, of the country is probably in it in uh, November. But um, so first, our, uh, our survey. So we surveyed 3,000 uh, business owners across, in a variety of states uh, across a combination of our clients, uh, our clients and some prospects. And work from home, we asked them a half a dozen, a half a dozen questions. And uh, I would say the biggest number we found is that uh, 82% of the business owners felt that working remotely does not negatively impact their employees' productivity. Yeah, that surprised me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, not only the productivity, but then the follow-up question to that was, how does it compare in terms of uh, your profitability? And well over 95% or around 95% said they're they're just as profitable now, if not more profitable now, compared to where they were before the pandemic. Well, and that, so, and to drill down what she didn't ask the question, because we've, you know, we only, in our survey, we only asked uh, business owners six questions. Try and keep it easy. Six, seven, eight questions. And they're all related to this multiple choice. Pretty, pretty straightforward. But in the profitability, when you had 82% say it didn't affect their profitability, I think the next question goes to, if you look at your current real estate footprint of, of your office, right? how many, are, are you going to continue to downsize that? You right. know, are you going to go to kind of the hoteling concept, uh, concept of, of offsing? So talking to, uh, one of my sons works uh, downtown and he's like, Hey, I want to be in, I'm a young guy. I want to meet other you know, coworkers and all that. And people are in basically Tuesdays and Thursdays. So he was going in, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, some Fridays. And on a Wednesday, there might be five people there. Wow. wow. And, but then on Tuesday or Thursday, everyone comes in and you can't get a desk. Hmm. So are you going to start, you know, do you go to that hoteling concept or do you stagger if you're going to go to a smaller footprint then do you say okay so x team you're here monday and wednesday and the other people are here tuesday thursday because in the pretty much like what we've let our departments do is you guys pick what days work f- for you or your team right? members because yeah, every department's different yeah yeah and maybe for the 10 percent or almost 11 percent that said they are more profitable now compared to pre-pandemic maybe that's toner cost or electricity i mean I, I guess you don't can't tell exactly for some of the people that already have downsized their footprint i don't know yeah, we've got a client that moved out of illinois and yeah. uh, so and all his employees were working remote anyways so he's like yeah, i'm gonna save x thousand oh, dollars a year on, on sure well on rent yeah yeah you know if you don't need uh and client from new york that moved to florida they're spread out all over just as profitable and uh, but they're making more money now because their your expenses are less. Yeah, good point. Uh, another question. So, with uh, describe your current practices for employees with remote capability, uh, jo- remote capable jobs to work from home. And forty six percent say workers can work hybrid some days in person and some remote. We didn't drill down too much and ask how many days. Right. Thirty nine percent of them though said employees can work. 95% fully remote. Yeah, so that between those two, almost 86% of businesses are allowing their employees to work at home at least some of the time. 
Um, and that's pretty close to, I looked at some, uh, a little bit of a bigger research study done by Pew Research, and Pew had found that uh, somewhere around 76% of employers are allowing their employees to at least partially work from home. So our numbers, our, our clients and prospects are, the, our findings are pretty consistent with the kind of the bigger national average survey too. Right. And so uh, another question we compared 2021. So how do your current uh, work from home practice compare to 21? Have you, have you changed that? And 42% said it's the same, but something that has trended up though, 35% say they're letting their employees work less. Yeah. So you're, you are seeing a, a bigger percentage of, of companies say you've got to come back to the office, not full time, but you know, sometime during the course of the week. That's exactly sure. what we're seeing is that, uh, a lot of the positions that were allowed or not allowed, but we were determined to be full time remote, like working from home 40 hours a week those are starting to shift more towards hybrid. So you're still seeing the same kind of percentage of employers who are between hybrid and full remote, but the shift is going from full offsite to, to hybrid. Right. And I think that's been our happy balance. I mean, originally we were pandemic, all remote, and then we're, everybody came back full-time, everybody back. And then it kind of worked this balance out. So right. like one to two days. Yeah, because we went back to in the office five days a week and then said, okay, so we you know, People still want to work from from home, and you know some some departments are more productive from home than than others. Mm-hmm. You know, I think where where we see is com- uh, teams that have a deadline. Yes, tend uh, to good point. Tend to be more productive, right? Versus easier, uh, much more trackable. Track yeah, yeah, exactly. Where you know our, our payroll team, if payroll checks aren't cut today, well, <laughs> you know, it's going to be an issue, it. noticeable, yeah. right? But I think some of the where some other departments where you know you don't have a deadline today, yeah, right. Is how do you track it? Right. That's as a business owner, that's my biggest challenge of the trackability of right, the departments like that. Yeah, right. I agree. Like, you know, like myself, I don't like working from home. I mean, I found that I can work from anywhere, especially with my travel schedule. But I like being in the office. Mm-hmm. I you know I don't like. Working from home, and my wife doesn't like me working from home. <laughs> yeah, post pandemic, she was like, "All right, you need to get right. you need to go back to work, and not a hybrid work. You need to work <laughs> five days a week." Uh, another question: What do you see the future of your work from home practices? And fifty seven percent said they they're probably going to keep it for the foreseeable future as is. No, no changes. I think at least majority, at least fifty seven percent said we like it where it is now. We don't we don't see a change anytime soon. And then the the other two options were work uh, more in person or work more remote, and they were exactly, exactly the tied. Yeah, wow, that was, that surprised me. Right, twenty one point four three percent. Right, which wow. is interesting that it was exactly tied. So at least some of those employers may be looking to shrink their footprint, shrink their costs, their rent, their electricity, and other employers saying, "I need more pro- or I need more collaboration. I've got a younger workforce. I need people more teamwork." So it's probably a good yeah, balance. It's in the data, right now. Yeah. Do, do you save money here and spend more there? What's the what's the cost benefit ratio? And then sixty seven, almost sixty eight percent of uh, the three thousand people surveyed said that. They have the same number, roughly the same number of employees that they had pre-pandemic in 2019. Yeah, I think that's good. And then actually we had 25% of our clients and prospects said they have more employees now, which is great. I mean, there's growth out there. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, I think that kind of looks to the job market when you, you know, hiring is a little bit easier now. Yeah. 
I agree. But then, than it was a year ago. And something we were uh, kicking around the other the other day too is when you look at your your raises coming up at the end of the year, bonuses. What direction across the country are you going to see that go? Because last year raises were an all time high. Inflation. People, yeah. well, more so. Yes, inflation. But when you hey, see market. that fifty seven or sixty percent of the of the workplace says they're going to look for a job. And you wanted to retain your your employees. Yeah. You know, you were seeing raises in uh, across the country in, in some industries, eight to ten percent. Yeah. Twice it, you know, twice in a year. Yeah, so exactly. You, you can't claw back that money. Just gonna an, keep building on itself. Right, as an employer, but I don't think you're gonna see that level. I think what you I think you were saying you you think it's gonna be back to what it was uh, a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Yeah, not pre-pandemic, but I think we're not going to be as high as last year. I think we're going to see a little bit of a drop. Well, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, right. right. You know, and then when you look in the you know, tech and other industries, yeah, you might in some industries. In talking to a couple of clients in the last few weeks, kind of getting taking their pulse, there's a bunch that are going to be flat that they're not going to. Sure. In some industries, some of the retail industries, we've seen some layoffs you know, 10 to 15% of their workforce. And then what will be the rate when they bring them back? You know, yeah, like exactly. if, they, if they need to bring them back. Well, great question because now with many of the states, you've got to advertise hmm. in your, in your job posts, you got to advertise your salary range. Right. But right. Are you going to bring someone back at a, at a lower sure. rate? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the only other, and Jason, you had already touched on this was company productivity and 57% said there is, Either way, they're productive. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, this is probably uh, most of the time, for at least for our clients who are small and, small and mid-sized employers, that it's probably just more anecdotal rather than hard measurements data on how product, product, productive, or the employee productivity is. Um, but at least at a minimum, I think most of our clients are saying either it's hard to tell or we're thinking they're about the same as product productive at home or at work. Yeah. And the ones that I'm sure those are the ones that answered, no, we're going to switch it or yeah, we're going right. to make it more flexible. It is interesting. I yeah. mean, it's a complete science yeah, and it, project it wasn't over like, the last four or five years. You know, and this wasn't like we asked 10 people. Yeah, exactly. You know, we surveyed 3,000 3, business owners. So it's a significant sample amount size. of business yeah, across the country. So we didn't break it down. Uh, and, you know, it was all anonymous. So these were clients, uh, across the entire country. So it wasn't and all, pro- all kinds right. of industries too. Right. I mean, from, uh, everything imaginable outside of like anything above ground or underground, so yeah. that doesn't kind of fall <laughs> right. into what we do. But, uh, so Jason, it's, uh, open enrollment season for some people right now and others it's coming up in a couple of weeks. So how would you like to walk us through a few tips to maximize open enrollment? I think, I mean, part of it, whether or not kind of we're the broker, or you're using one of our big master benefit plans, or you have your own, uh, usually the insurance agent, insurance broker is going to do a great job in terms of going out to market, finding the best rate, trying to keep that down. I guess the advantage to one of our plans is that because of our size and buying power, we have lower rates compared to what's out in the market. I saw one statistic yesterday that averages around 9% before plan design changes. That's right. the raw out-of-the-box as is renewal is nine percent. Yeah, I saw nine, and in some cases thirteen. But our sales team is there, you know, out seeing a, a bunch of prospects. They saw a few in the twenties. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're below fifty employees, there's nothing. There's no negotiating. You that's that you have to take it or look maybe increase your deductible. Those are the plan designs as I was talking about. But renewing as is, it's just is really tough right now if you're not part of like kind of a buying group like we're in. 
Yeah, and so you're you know you're buying uh, on behalf of thousands of people, thousands of clients, and in our case, uh, your renewal. You know, I won't go into details, but there's no plan to design, and you're you know half of what the average is. Yeah, exactly. We're, or we're, less. Yeah, yeah. Right, we put some effort into it, but we're also lucky. Uh, so it's kind of a combination of luck. We we don't have any major. We have some high cost, high dollar claimants, but. Uh, unfortunately, but then we're also doing a lot of uh, good communication and talking about wellness programs and trying to get employees, that, our clients' employees, educated on how best to use the program. So, right. So, uh, back to open enrollment tips. So, communication, I would imagine, is is got to be key with, especially if you're making any plan design changes. You really have to, mm-hmm. uh, because one, I think you're. A lot, a lot of the enrollment is now electronic, but I think creating pieces, especially if there's any type of benefit change that not just for the, for your employee, but their family, because you may, you may hold town hall meetings or you may have, you know, Zoom calls or all company spending, depending if you're, especially if you've got X percent working remote, it's, yeah. you might have open enrollment uh, benefit meetings on Zoom, but create a piece for, for the employee to take to, uh, you know, his or her spouse that outlines what the changes are because they can, in some cases, we're seeing some significant changes. Yeah. I think in the real estate world, it's location, location. In the, in the benefits world, it's communication, communicate. So you have to do a good job. Not only, maybe start by reviewing your last year's communication. Uh, what went well? What didn't go well? What can you improve on? Did we do a combination of town hall and Zoom? Oh, we should have done a recorded Zoom so the person, had, the employee could bring it home to their spouse. And the spouse could have watched the on-demand Zoom link. So there's ways that you can always improve your communication. And for this year, try and customize it. Different methods. Maybe it's a home mailing. Maybe it's a, a Zoom call. Maybe it's a Q&A availability with the HR department. Uh, we have our staff always available for live human questions, either the employee or the spouse. Uh, we're, we're trying to communicate, vary those up in, in a bunch of different ways. Outside of communication, any other? Uh... You know, it's interesting. I, I came across uh, a couple large employers. There are thousands of employees that are going to try AI for their open enrollment benefit support. Really? So like an employee can write in like, oh, what, what plan do I have today? Or what's the deductible on the HMO plan? Or is this person in, in my in a primary care physician? Uh I don't think it's going to be successful. They, one of these companies tried it last year, and it was an overwhelming disaster for them. They said they've made some tweaks because AI is only as good as the data, and sometimes it has errors. And if you ask a strange question like, who is my PCP, it's good, which I know is a human, it stands for primary care physician. And as, as humans, and one of our clients actually coincidentally saw the same article, contacted me and said, you guys aren't going to do AI, right? We, we, we were specifically coming to Employco for the human aspect that you guys provide excellent customer service. And I said, no, 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 we, we are always going to be human. We, we know this. We know your employees. We know your company. Mm-hmm. Come to us and we'll always have a live person to talk to. Right. I mean, the AI doesn't even know who started our company <laughs> and who owns it. I mean, that's, we did that earlier. No, but yeah, that's uh, communication. I, I think has got to be key, and also I think as you, you know, by the time you get to open enrollment, you've made your benefit changes. So hopefully, uh, they're they're not too severe. But we're seeing quite a few as they're trying to drop those renewal increases. You're seeing increases in prescription prescription drug cards. The deductibles deductibles are higher. Copays are higher. In some cases, networks, you're picking yeah. a smaller network. So as an employer, if you are going through some of these changes, you really have to make sure you highlight some of these key changes and, and bold them. Get, get, get a kind of a mental note of your key talking points, either in these town hall meetings or Zoom. 
hit the key points first, and then you can go into some of the nuances of kind of some how the plans work. Any other thoughts on open enrollment? Good. I mean, good luck. Let us know yeah. if you've got any questions. HR at employco.com. We'd love to help any way possible. And we just had a seminar last week, which is on a separate note. We, we did. So if you go to, I think, Jackson or Nikki, one of them, one does the audio and one does the uh, <laughs> website. Uh, I think he's posting out some of the slides on our blog. So we had... Uh, uh, it was focused for the hospitality industry, but uh, it was Jason, myself, and Lauren Tucky, who's an attorney in Chicago, talking about the kind of HR HR pitfalls and uh, walk people through hiring, firing, uh, a variety of a variety of issues. So uh, those slides will be posted out in in our blog, and I think next week next month we're going to tackle the uh, Illinois paid leave for all workers. And I know we have got clients across all fifty states, but. If you have employees in Illinois outside of Chicago and some parts of Cook County, this is going to affect just about every employer in Illinois. Yeah, right. You know, so many of the things that you've seen, it's 50 and up or 25 and up, but this is uh, every... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you're a New York-based employer with 10 employees in Illinois or you're a 20-employee company based in Illinois or you have just five employees in Illinois and you're California, this is going to affect just about everybody's paid leave program and their handbook and policies. Could be the best teaser... (laughs) <laughs> for the next podcast so just saying so that's uh that's next month and i'm, I'm sure uh, jason's gonna throw in some other uh legal hr updates that'll affect some of the other states right the legislative bodies keep our business interesting <laughs> yep so. keep us going but uh thanks for joining us this month on our on our podcast feel free as jason said reach out to us with any questions at hr at employco.com thank you Yep. Appreciate you guys. uh, Appreciate you guys joining us. So uh, HR at employco.com. We're here to help.